0: again from 47 yards to kick the Giants to the Super Bowl snap is good kick on its way and over and does it have the distance it is good. Good. Yeah. good Lawrence Tynes has kicked the Giants to the Super Bowl Welcome to the third episode of Giants on the Clock. I'm Ryan Whittles, your hosts, alongside me, Chris Alaphonte and Eddie Lally. We're recording this the night of Thursday, May 14th, and some breaking news just came across, and DeAndre Baker has shown the world that he may be the most unintelligent person on the planet. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm sure if you don't know, then I don't know what you're doing, but NFL Network is reporting that DeAndre Baker, along with Quinton Dunbar, the Seahawks, having a warrant out for their arrest for four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm and four counts of robbery with a firearm. Chris, Eddie, I don't know about you. I'm not a lawyer yet, but those sound pretty serious. (laughs) Baker and Dunbar allegedly stole $12,400 in cash and four watches valued at a total of $61,100. They were armed with semi-automatic firearms. It's just so That's, stupid.
1: Like, listen, I don't know too much about guns, but I know for a fact that if I'm going to rob a house, like, like, if he's robbing a house, you really need a semi-automatic weapon? What, what would even, I honestly don't even know. What is like, <laughs> I, is that just like a normal, like, handgun that just, like, keeps, you know.
0: The issue is, like you don't have yeah, to, like. Baker has $70,000. He has $73,000. Yeah, so obviously not good. He's in Florida. He has guns. He decides he's going to rob uh, people for some whatever reason. They're also saying that he met he met these people a couple of day a couple of days before, and he lost seventy thousand dollars. Not sure what happened there. He you obviously was, hope. What'd you say?
1: So he lost. So the the deal that I'm kind of picking up from you is he thinks these people stole it from him, or he like probably lost in gambling.
0: Yeah. That's not a clear what happened with his money. Uh, the, yeah. word, the word on the street
2: is that he lost 70 grand in a card game and he was going to get it back and had a whole choreographed thing with like him and his goons, goombas, goombas, where it had guns and like had a whole setup to go take out these people at a, at a cookout and they had like getaway cars in place. And it was this whole elaborate scheme. My question is how are you an NFL player and like robbing somebody over 70 K like
1: he had a five pretty much a five hundred thousand dollar like uh salary and then a one point five million dollar signing bonus. So two million dollars. And listen, seventy grand's a lot of money for in like comparison for losing it in cards. But at the same time, like you were just saying, you're an NFL player. Like what are you what are you doing? Like you're gonna get the money back. Like as long as you don't like, you know, do anything too, too much more dumb than what he did. Like, jump out yeah. of an airplane and, like, break both your legs. You're going to, you know.
0: Yeah, um, and, you know, we'll find out more about this as, as things come forward and if, you know, indictments happen, if trials happen. But I'm getting some flashbacks to Fox Oh, I was thinking the same thing. I'm getting some flashbacks, Chris mentioned earlier, maybe to Eli Apple. This is not good. Uh, you know, but you know what? The thing that I there's going to be two people that are blamed for this. The first is DeAndre Baker, who is who should be blamed for this. Do you know who the second one's going to be? Either Dave Gettleman or Joe Judge. I don't know. No, it's Dave Gettleman. Yeah, I'm going to to say
1: Dave Gettleman. Twitter
0: is going to go absolutely berserk about this. Mm -hmm. They're going to say, Oh, well, Gettleman drafted him. How how the fuck would Gettleman know that this kid was so fucking stupid? Well, that he, so, not only would he lose $70,000 in a card game, but then well, in an effort to get it back, he would organize a <laughs> armed robbery with another NFL player. My big biggest big problem with
2: the whole thing is just be better at cards. Not, none of this happens <laughs> if, if you're up seventy k.
0: you know? Maybe, uh, maybe Gettleman should – maybe that is Gettleman's fault. Maybe that should be part yeah. of the evaluation
1: process. Yeah. Right? Well, the only – I mean, not that I would ever um, – like, not that I'm going to be on the hater's side with the Gettleman thing, the, oh, but the only one thing that you could honestly say with the, about Gettleman is they did kind of reach for – traded up, reached for Baker, and now it's just getting blown up in his face. Granted, again, like you were saying, how the fuck are you supposed to know this happened? But the fact is, is you took a chance on this guy, traded up, wasted a dra- – not wasted a draft pick, but you traded a draft pick to move up and – now this shit happens and again not going to be on side so- on the side of the haters on Gettleman but it's it is that's the one thing that I can at least see like where they would be like if you are going to trade other picks to move up into the first round from the second round to draft some guy you better be 100 percent positive about him, and that's everything not just on the field
0: yeah no I, I agree but I, I used to think that Gettleman going to get blamed for this because Giants, Twitter, Giants, even some of the beat reporters looked at anything to blame him for. Right. You know I, I, how I feel about Dave. He's one of my guys. I love Dave. Love affair. But here's a really funny <laughs> twist to this story. Earlier today, just this morning, Quentin Dunbar spoke to reporters and he said, quote, you just want to feel wanted at the end of the day. I just hope to repay them the way I carry myself as a person, talking about how the Seahawks uh, traded for him. Think about that. I want, just hope to repay them with the way I carry myself as a person. Well, you sure did, Quentin. I think
2: he was going to, yeah, said F that theory and was going to try to repay them with 70K from this (laughs) theft, which is definitely a different way to go about it.
1: So this is my, this is also, I mean, this has nothing to do with Baker now uh, with what's his name uh, for for the Seahawks. How did he get involved? Like, I'm assuming he's Baker's boy, but like, I looked Bro. it up. I mean, I don't
0: I don't know where I don't, I don't know cuz Dunbar is a lot, is a little older. He's like 27 and Baker's like 23 or 22.
1: Did they go to the same did they go to the same college?
0: He was at Florida and Baker so, was, so they played in the SEC and Baker's at right. Georgia.
1: Yeah, Jake Baker's Georgia. That I knew. I wasn't sure where Oh, yeah, Dunbar. Yeah, no, no, I remember. Who. I, at first I like, I forgot who Dunbar was. Uh,
2: no, I know nobody likes like a, a- knee-jerk overreaction guy, but I've, I really want to be that guy right now because my first reaction was, I'm okay with it. Let's uh, DeAndre Baker kind of sucks. Let's get rid of him. Let's cut ties. Let's cut the dead weight while we can. I'm done with this guy. He's Eli Apple 2.0. And we just don't want to put up with that for another few years. So, see you later, and then maybe we can do uh, some, some Jets cuckage and steal Logan Ryan from him. I was thinking that, too. I didn't officially
0: sign him yet. He's, like, still yeah. out there. Uh, I wonder if their contracts have a morality clause or something like that where they can cut him for this kind of thing, but they may have to well, wait for him to actually be convicted of something. I mean, so.
1: if he gets convicted, he should be going to jail. I'm yeah, sure right?
0: is. subtle. I mean, you I'm guys talking, are the
1: lawyers. You guys are the lawyers, but I'm talking about Aubrey, <laughs> I don't think, it is something taken lightly.
0: From a Giants financial point of view, obviously you want to cut Baker. You don't want to have any dead money, so you want to have all that cap money back. So I don't. Only thing is, I don't know if they can cut him now. Like they have to. They probably have to wait till he's convicted. Courts aren't open right now. That's yeah. not going to happen. I don't. I mean, he'll likely take a plea deal. But yeah, he'll
2: Just settle. There's no way he's going to get a conviction. Right.
0: All right. We. I think we've beaten that horse to death. Uh. We did also want to talk. So we're all, It's. I'm just so mind blown by this whole thing. But next today on the show, after that, now we're going to focus on on the positive stuff. Uh, had a great Daniel Jones interview yesterday. Uh, I, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant about Dan Orlovsky. I'm going to do it.
1: We're going to go there first, or you want to? No, no,
0: no. I'm going to say that because I, I got to do a little bit more about it. Mm. But, but before that, we just we
2: have to make an official Giants on the clock disclaimer that Dan Orlovsky is officially on a two-year ban from the podcast. So we're going to publicly throw that out there it, at this what,
1: point. Wasn't like I think me and Ryan were looking more towards lifetime. But, you know,
2: oh. I had to reel it back in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, because Dan Orlovsky is pounding down the door to come on this show. Yeah, that talk-
2: door is slammed shut right now for the next two years. Sorry, Dan.
0: <laughs> then we're going to take a quick talk through the Giant schedule, which was released last week, and it's kind of brutal. And then finally, we're going to do everyone's favorite segment, Former Giant Appreciation. We're going to be talking about number 72, O.C. Eumanyaro. O.C. All right. In yesterday's interview, uh, Daniel Jones said a couple of things that were pretty pretty cool. I hadn't heard him speak about before, but uh, first, Chris, I know you brought this up. Uh, he was kind of asked how he's getting acclimated to Jason Garrett's offense and what he's been doing to prepare for that and how what it looks like. Um, and it came up that he's been, he spoke with Tony Romo about it. Didn't sound like he had a hugely in-depth conversation with him, but sounds like they're Tony Romo's offered himself as kind of a resource to talk him through that kind of stuff. But, uh, your thoughts on that guys.
2: Yeah. I kind of love that, uh, that, on um, exactly how you put it Ryan in the sense that I like that he, uh, is taking the initiative upon himself to go out there and reach out to Romo. And part of me also loves that. Uh, he said he didn't really get that deep into it with Romo because I don't want Tony Romo as my quarterback. I want Daniel Jones to not learn everything from Tony Romo like to kind of just take in the peripherals and the, the generalities of a Jason Garrett offense and then run with it on its own, which is, I hope, the direction he's going to go with it. But it's cool to see him go and, and taking it upon himself to do the extra legwork there and reach out yeah. to that like Romo.
0: Yeah, and I agree. And they also asked him too if he, you know, he, if he started diving into the Cowboys offenses once he realized that Garrett was the guy, and he said he did. So he said he's been watching a lot of Cowboys tape. Um, so,
1: well, I like the fact that I mean, he – and granted, I mean, you can say what you want about Tony Romo, but he was a success – like, I mean, not in the playoffs, obviously, but as regular season quarterback, he was successful for the Cowboys for many oh, yeah. years. He was, a,
0: he, was a, he was a good quarterback.
1: Right. So, like, yeah. just just using your – like, I just like the fact that he's using his resources and not being ignorant to the fact that he's a lot of – some of the young guys come in a little bit, like, you know, hot-headed, like, thinking that they just want to do it their way, and that's like it. Like DeAndre Baker. it gets completely different way than than anybody else I was thinking more of like Eric Flowers but Mm -hmm. like you know you come in as a as a high first round pick and you think you know what I was a high first round pick like I do what I do and that's it but I mean just the fact that Daniel Jones is reaching out to other quarterbacks even from a standpoint of the Cowboys who are like you know we fucking hate the Cowboys so it's like it's one of those where it's nice to see that he's at least and I think we already knew this at, from the beginning, but he's smart enough to do what's going to be best for him and his team, not just for him.
0: Yeah, and that, that kind of gets into the second takeaway I had from the interview. They asked him, you know, there's the classic Eli Manning question, you know, he kind of admitted that it was a little awkward You take it over for a legend. But then they asked him, you know, is this your team now? Uh, and he goes uh, – it's not my team. It's not Coach's team. It's not Saquon's team. It's our team, whatever that means. I liked it. I thought it was a good answer. I feel like people probably expected him to say something like that. But um, I don't know. You see, like, uh, I don't know if you put – I'm trying to think of another quarterback who might answer differently. Um, and I don't know. But Tom Brady. I, I, yeah, I was thinking Brady. You know, but it just shows that he's not self-centered. So, obviously, we knew that about him, but I liked that a lot.
2: Yeah, no, I think it uh, it shows a similarity to Eli too, in the sense where he's uh, he's gonna give the credit to his teammates and he's gonna probably take the blame when it comes his way. And I think it's a great way to get a locker room to kind of rally behind you, and it's a it's a great way to lead, especially as a New
0: York Giants quarterback. I think Joe Judge watched Daniel Jones' interview, salivating at the mouth. And uh, the last thing I liked about the interview, uh, they asked Jones what he's been working on. What's been the most important thing for him to work on in this offseason? He said ball security, and he said that it's a, it's a pretty easy fix, which you'd like to hear. You don't want, want your quarterback to be, you know, complicated by anything. And he said that uh, he's been working with a quarterback's coach who, who's teaching him how to be more mindful with the ball. Love, so that. I love that. I mean, we love DJ's aggressive this. So the fumbles – and it was his rookie year, so we get him a little pass on the fumbles. But uh, got to love it, man. Got to love DJ.
2: That's great. You know what? I always said um... – I, the fumble problem never bo- didn't bother me as much of an interception problem would have bothered me. And people would ask. Like, yeah. people would say, why? Why is it any different? And I would say, because it's easier to cure a fumble problem than an interception problem. But I could never really explain it, and I still really can't, but I, I still feel that way. Well, because so one's, one's, one's about judgment,
0: and one's about judgment, one's about a fundamental thing that you can fix. I mean, you throw well, a lot of interceptions. I mean, like, unless you're Brett Favre, you can't really survive in this league anymore, because you throw interceptions. Look at James Winston, first pick. He threw thirty picks last year. Um, you know can't he's back in the league it, if you fumble, either. Wait, what? Yeah, but um, as a rookie, I think as a rookie, I think gr- I think your premise is that it's more important for a rookie. It's you'd be more concerned if your rookie quarterback had an interception problem than he did a fumbling problem. That's oh, yeah, what I agree. I agree. yeah, I agree with you. If it's a 10-year guy and he's still fumbling the ball, that, that's an issue. And you know He's not throwing inter- interceptions. That's also an issue. But mm-hmm. his rookie year, I'm going to give, Dave, I'm gonna give Dave Jones a pa- Daniel, Daniel Jones a pass, especially considering the fact that Carson Wentz fumbles just as much as he does and Wentz is in a four-year field. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't play 16 games a year because he's hurt all the time and can't lead his team to prosperity. He can't do it. Well, that's why they had to drop Jalen Hurts. That's why they had to do all these things because Carson Wentz is not adequate.
1: I okay, before I, get into Car- before I year. get into Carson Wentz, I just want to talk with the the uh, the Daniel Jones fumbling thing. A lot of times, also, when it comes to fumbles, the game for such a young quarterback, it's it's so fast that you don't really recognize around you how much quicker everybody is. So those DNs and stuff, even you, even though you have better line, well, the Giants don't have better linemen, but you hold on to the ball a half a second or even like point two of a second, like more. You're getting hit, and that might be a fumble. The only one that I was like, oh, bro, like, was the – I mean, the Jamal Adams one, like, because he just got absolutely bullied. Like, that was the one fumble where I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, no, like, I can't believe that just happened. But the other ones, like you were saying, these are things that are going to be worked through. And even the interceptions for him, like, last year, young quarterbacks are going to throw picks. Like, that's just the way it is. Like, you know, and if you don't – and the thing is, once later on, he starts to speed everything up because, you know, the guys up front – your left tackle was a revolving door, you know, it's tough for a young guy. So I'm, I wasn't worried. I'm not, like you were just saying, I'm not worried about the fumbles. He'll fix that.
0: Yeah. And as we we've, we've said a number of times, Jones's rookie year, in my opinion, was a large success. No one expected him to be good. No one expected him to go out there and throw 24 touchdowns. No one expected him to start in week three. People were talking about three years. He'd be on the bench, but he's the Giants' quarterback. In New York, he's got media scrutiny. Everyone loves to pick on the Giants quarterback. Eli Manning was, one, was, a, was a great starting quarterback for 16 years, and people make him out to be like he you know, fell into this and was you know, lucky and aided by his defenses. Meanwhile, he's the only quarterback in the history of the NFL to win a Super Bowl of the with a, with a defense, not in the top half of the league. So give me a break.
1: I didn't even realize. Uh, Daniel Jones only had like, he only had 12 picks last year. Yeah,
0: he only had 12. Yeah, 24 touchdowns, 12, 12, 12 games.
1: There. I think it was 12 games, right?
0: He started 12 games, yep.
1: Yep,
0: yeah, so... Takeaway, and two, one of the... I mean, a, a lot of those were him just trying to make things happen. So, like, he's trying to go downfield. The Giants were probably losing in those games given right. that they lost nine games in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, it's, it is what it is, but I think those are my top takeaways. you fellas have anything else to talk about there before we move on?
2: I, I do want to actually just... To uh, touch on your Carson Wentz comment um, no, we're getting in it. About, about the Carson Wentz fumbling, because I saw my man Dan Orlovsky actually put Carson Wentz in his top five quarterbacks of the year, so I wanted to get your thoughts on that. did he?
0: That, that's so shocking. Mm-hmm. My issue with Dan Orlovsky is that he doesn't even try to hide the fact that he's biased. He parades his kids around wearing Carson Wentz jerseys. He's obviously an Eagles fan. He makes this list of top five quarterbacks. It was Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady. Who uh, was the fourth one? Aaron Rodgers, right? And it was,
2: it was Mahomes,
0: Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. Russell Wilson, eight, right? Two and, then, Brees, uh, and then
2: Carson once. ones.
0: Right. That, that So he left off Breeze. He left off Rodgers. Breeze
2: was in there. He left off Rodgers and Brady yeah. out of the He did a little, He
0: left off Breeze. Uh, that was what. That's what Marcus Spears' biggest comment was. He left off Breeze. He left off Breeze. He left off Rogers. He left off Deshaun Watson. He left off Dak, which I agree. Dak is not a top five quarterback. How can you sit there and say that Carson Wentz is a top five quarterback? Top ten, sure. Top five? That's when you know your bias is there because you're putting him ahead of people like Drew Brees. I don't trust it. I don't trust evaluation of quarterbacks. First of all, he wasn't a very good quarterback. He had one of the most disastrous plays in the history of the NFL. <laughs> Daniel Jones has thrown more touchdowns than he has in one year when Orlowski was a backup for like 12 years. And Also, another thing I want to say about Orlowski, he was dead wrong about Jones. Dead wrong. And I'm going I'm to read you a quote. This is when the Giants picked Jones in it last April. This is what Orlowski said. They asked him, quote, I'm absolutely shocked absolutely shocked the last thing i'm going to do is just kind of a bash a kid which is what you do when you're about to bash a kid what you say (laughs) Quote, but i did but i I did a duke game this year so i watched a ton of tape on daniel jones during the season no he didn't i did his game after he broke his (laughs) collarbone and came back against virginia tech congratulations and he he played good but that's all i see out of daniel jones is him playing good okay he's a he plays good. That's a good trait of a quarterback, I think. I never, see anything, on I never <laughs> see anything on the game, either production or trait-wise, that goes, wow, this guy has a chance of being great. There's nothing in his game that goes, wow, I can't coach that. That is a special talent. To take that with a six-pick, what's going on? This guy never dominated in college football. Why would I expect him to dominate in the NFL? He was just okay. He was good in college football, end quote. Here's my thing. Christian Wentz
1: was a seeing was a double A player.
0: Russell Wilson wasn't good in was a good player in college. Look it up. Russell Wilson and Daniel Jones had very similar stats in no, college. No, yeah,
1: Russell Wilson wasn't great in college.
2: Russell Wilson was a great college player. You want to know why I say that? Because I watched his NC State versus Rutgers bowl game his oh, freshman okay. year at the NC one, State.
1: The one game made, that you watched of him.
2: And then I made a bet with my brother. 17 to 1 odds, Russell Wilson is going to win a Heisman throughout his career. And then in w- when he went to Wisconsin his senior year, most fun bet of all time, by the way, I had to shout that out. But when he went to Wisconsin his senior year, he had Heisman caliber numbers. He just didn't get Yeah,
0: so uh, that's the thing, Chris. Well, it's good that you mentioned that. You watched one game from Russell Wilson. So you, you obviously, according to Dan Orlovsky, can totally predict how he's <laughs> going to play this year. Um, yeah, and I did. Yeah, I mean, Orlovsky's a dope. He's really is a moron. He, he goes out there and he says all these stupid things about Daniel Jones and other quarterbacks in order to protect Carson Wentz. It's not even worth It's not even fun listening to him anymore. He's all over ESPN. He acts like this is like you know his, 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 his calling, but it's not. It's really something else. But that's my, that's my, my rant on Orlovsky. I think he's disingenuous. I think he's a liar. I think he's just trying to get people to get outraged like I am right now, so it works. So good for him. Good for you, Dan. Can't wait for you to be wrong in the next quarterback. Can't wait to hear what you think about other quarterbacks. But that, that's, what I, that's all I want to say.
2: I think the uh, the Giants on the Clock listeners are going to need to have your top five or top ten quarterbacks for the next episode, Ryan, so you can uh, put your money yeah. where your mouth is and, a little bit. And
0: spoiler, they, Carson Wentz isn't on it. Spoiler. <laughs> Not above Drew Brees, that's for sure. All right, so let's move on from that before I have, uh, you know, before I have a heart attack. Um, <laughs> the Giants 2020 schedule was released last week. Uh, I'll just go through it. I want everyone to, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to tell you the game that I'm most excited for, the game I'm least excited for. And the sneaky game I think we can win. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, the game I'm most excited for is the game against uh, the Browns. Me too. I love to see Odell come back to MetLife. Oh, I'd love to see smart. the Giants go against that unit. Baker versus Jones. Freddie Kitchens on the Giants' sideline. Story writes itself. It's also towards the end of the year. Uh, the Giants are in playoff contention. That thing might get flexed, so it might be a primetime game depending on how it goes, but that's the game I'm most excited for. <laughs> the game I'm least excited for is Week 16 against the Ravens at in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's going to be tough, but never know what happens with that. You never know. And the sneaky game that I think we can win, you're going to call me crazy, uh, week three, San Francisco at MetLife. Love that. I, think Jones, I think Jones shocks the world. I think where that's going to be his coming out party. That's going to be the whole thing.
2: My most excited game was also the Browns, but uh, you, you jumped all over that one. So I could, I'll make a quick audible there to the week right before it, where we have a Cardinals-Giants showdown where we get the battle to see who the better quarterback is from uh, last year's draft, Kyler Murray versus Daniel Jones. Um, and I just think the Cardinals are going to be a good team this year, so it should be a good game. Um, it should be two exciting offenses. You got DeAndre Hopkins over with Kyler Murray over there. Obviously, Daniel Jones and all the weapons he has around him. So it should be some fireworks.
0: Um, and uh, it should Does be a, a high DeAndre Baker, you think? <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> Does he need to borrow some weapons from DeAndre Baker? You <laughs> yeah, we're
1: never going to be short on weapons, clearly.
0: <laughs> the defense has a lot of weapons. Well, yeah, we'll
1: bring Plax back as a coach, too. And we'll, make it, we'll make a run for it. And then,
2: <laughs> how was the second one phrased? The game we're not looking forward to?
0: Yeah, the game, the game you wish wasn't happening next year.
2: Um, I got nothing for that one because I, I'm not scared of anyone. Um, so I'm going to move on to three Out of boy coach, <laughs> which is a game that will sneaky win. And I'm going to jump onto that Ravens game you were talking about. I yeah. think the Ravens are fraud city. I think Lamar is fraud city. Oh, I am God. not scared of the Ravens and road games. Aren't going to be like road home games. Aren't going to be as significant this year, just because there'll be no fans. So in Baltimore, isn't as scary as it would be on a, a normal season. But uh, yeah, I think the, the Ravens are just bound to regress. They've had, They had a great defense last year. We all know defenses regress the most year to year. Um, Lamar played a perfect season last year, or as close to it as you possibly can. Um, He's bound to regress. Maybe he'll tweak a little something here and there by the time the end of the season rolls around. (laughs) Um, I'm pumped to get that W on uh, Week 16 in Baltimore.
1: What do you think about that, Ed? I am very – the game I'm most looking forward to is – home against the bucks where they get Bronk and brady back to playing against them and you know we have a pretty good uh track record of get playing against them so i'm very i'm also very interested to just see the bucks in general and see how they're going to be but i'm For very sure. interested about that game that that game kind of caught my eye when i was first looking um so that's the game i'm most looking forward to and um it, also, like kind of right in the middle of the season, so hopefully the the Brady and Gronk coming back to play against the Giants will like liven that up. And I do, th- and I think that'll be a W. Oh, that's actually a uh, a night game. So
0: yeah, it's Monday Night Football. Monday, night, Monday right? night, yeah.
1: So that's even better. Um, the game that I'm most uh, least I don't want to really see and i know we i know ryan you said this, that's the sneaky one is the 49ers i am a little bit nervous just because i'm still i know that they were starting to shore up our offensive line but and i think we did a good job in the draft of getting us prepared with the offensive line but until i actually see something i'm still a little bit nervous with them and having the best pass rush in the nfl come to is is rather scary i'm not I'm not nervous about the their offense as much just because the Giants run defense is obviously better than their past defense was last year and i'm not not scared of Jim Reguoplo by any means um but that off that defensive line against our offensive line right now I'm still a little bit nervous that's you really know. the only game that i'm I'm truly worried about um so i' most excited and most worried about oh and the sneaky one um I think our sneaky win is going to get, be against the Seahawks in Seattle. Um, mm. And especially going back off the fact of what Chris was just saying, not having fans, Seattle is not no longer that big of a, you know, a place so where,
2: yeah.
1: not like something I should be. And obviously they were a playoff team last year, one game away from being the two seed No, they were. They were one game away from being the two seed last year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um Obviously, a great team, and I, I, think a lot of teams going to Seattle. I think people are going to be skeptical with the Giants, and then um, just obviously the Seahawks just having such a good year. I, that's the game that I, I'm. I think that they'll take. I think they definitely have a good shot at taking that win.
2: I love cool. that. To, uh, to to piggyback off your uh, 49ers talk, Ed, if mm-hmm. you just look at uh, the the f- four of the first five games the Giants play. Our young, our young buck Andrew Thomas is going (laughs) to get T.J. Watt, Khalil Mack, Nick (laughs) Bosa, and then Demarcus Lawrence of the Cowboys for the first five. So it's a nice welcome to the NFL for the young. And then
1: also, and then the sixth game, he's looking at the number one. uh, Well, really, the number two draft pick.
2: That's that's true. So yeah, he's he's uh, he's going to get thrown to the
0: dogs real early. That's why we drafted him. Gotta love it. Mm -hmm. I'm confident, Andrew Thomas.
1: No, so am I. I'm just still a little bit – it's game three.
0: By the way, everyone, Andrew Thomas picked his number today. You can so go buy the
2: jersey officially. I believe he's number
0: 78.
2: I, I also read somewhere that Andrew Thomas jerseys have been flying off the shelves ever since they uh, announced it.
0: Love that. I love it too. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's give our big Let's boy some on. love. Let's move on to everyone's favorite segment, a former Giants appreciation, and I have the honor this week. I'm talking about one Ositadima Yuminura. That's his first Ooh. name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just so you know, he's of Igbo descent. He is from, uh, he is Nigerian. His first name means in, in, in Igbo, the native language, from today on, things will be good. That's wow. Ositama, Os- I can't even say it. Ositadima means. That's great. Right That's a great that. tidbit. I'm Osi back. was born in London. In November, in November 1981, he's a month older than Joe Judge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is his, that?
0: Family, his family moved from London to Nigeria when he was seven. Uh, and then when he was 14, they moved to Alabama so he could pursue a better education. And probably because they were like, wow, this kid can fucking play football. <laughs> Let's get him to the football capital of America. Hell yeah. So after moving to Alabama from London, uh, given I guess the, the requirements of the graduation you and your graduate high school at 16 uh, didn't get one didn't get one college scholarship offer except from Troy which is like I said the only college to scout him and the only reason they noticed him was because one of the assistant coaches at his high school called the coach at Troy and said if you pass on this guy you're nuts so who you know huh came out to help him <laughs> Always is. O.C., he had a great college career, um, but despite that, he wasn't invited to the Combine in 2003. But that didn't stop our favorite New York Giants from drafting O.C. with the 46th overall pick in the 2003 draft. Can you imagine the cojones it took to take this guy from Troy with your second-round pick? I can't.
2: Was that, that oh, we was love Jerry Reese that. That days? Or was that... Uh, no, that was Ernie Oh.
0: But a lot of people don't know, his Giants tenure was almost short-lived because in 2004 when the Giants traded up to get Eli or traded with the Chargers to get Eli, the Chargers asked for OC and Ernie of course, he said, I'm not giving up a pass rusher. That's not happening. And it worked because we still got Eli anyway. So thank God for Ernie of course. He really built those championship teams that we don't give him enough credit for. How is this for a career? Two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro, and inducted into the New York Giants' Ring of Honor. 435 tackles, 85 sacks, one interception, and 35 forced fumbles. Wow. He is fourth all-time in the New York Giants' sack list. Damn. He's also just one of five British-born players to ever win a Super Bowl.
2: Is he the best British-born NFL player of all time?
0: Well, one of them, one of the other British-born NFL players to win a Super Bowl, was also a giant and was his teammate. Do you guys know who this is? This is a great piece of trivia. I know. Who is it?
2: Blank Blank has kicked Lawrence Tynes has clicked it, kicked the Giants to the Super Bowl. Oh no, he's How Scottish.
0: You know? <laughs> no, you're right. It's Tynes. Oh. Mm-hmm. How did you know that?
2: I did some OC research and stumbled across that before this pod. If
0: we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> You're a <piece> of shit. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about OC's rookie year. 14 and a half sacks. 70, we, let's put this in perspective. Our biggest guy, Marcus Golden, had the most sacks on the team last year. He had 10. OC was a rookie at 14 and a half. 70 tackles. He was second in the league in sacks as, as a rookie. I wish we had him still As a rookie?
2: That's insane. I didn't right. know he
0: came out of the gate that hot. This is another crazy stat. OC was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Month in October of 2010. 18 tackles, seven sacks, and six forced fumbles. Jesus. <laughs> in a month. Uh, obviously, OC had some, some terrible injuries uh, throughout his career. 2008, I remember he, he missed the entire year, as you'll remember. Uh, tore his, his, his meniscus in preseason against the Jets. Of course, it had to be against the Jets. Uh, then in 2011. <laughs> Uh, his season got shortened again. He had to get surgery on his knee. I got some key stats for you about O.C. First, he was in the top 10 sacks in the in the league three times. And is, he's 59th on the all-time list. 59th all-time sack leader? I like that one. Yep. And um, I, I'll, I'll just go through a couple of my favorite O.C. memories. First, uh, obviously, uh, September 30th, 2007, the Giants play the Eagles. O.C. Oh, back Donovan that, McNabb 16 – excuse me, six times – in a 16-3 victory. He also forced two fumbles, and he was one sack shy of the single-game record. And then my other favorite game was uh, for him, and this is a little, this is a little unsung, but uh, a little unsung hero territory, but a lot of people don't remember O.C. on the 2011 team. Um, he was, you know, he, he obviously was hurt that year, but he, he was still a contributor. And then, uh, so in that game, in the NFC Divisional round against Green Bay, uh, O.C. sacked Aaron Rodgers twice in the second half. And he forced a fumble on one of them without uh, yeah, a huge, huge statement win. So got to give yeah. it up to O.C. in that one. Um, also, O.C. is just a class act. When he retired, you know, obviously he left the Giants and, and went to go play for the Falcons for a couple of years. Uh, but when he was finally ready to retire, he signed a one-day contract so he could retire the Giant. Because as we know from Eli, once a Giant, always a Giant. So,
2: Only a Giant. Gotta love it. <laughs> gotta love it. That was great, Ryan. Um, I, I remember I was at that um, six sack game versus the Eagles. I remember being oh, you really? with my dad at that game and the atmosphere, 12 sacks in that game in total, Ooh. I think. And uh, yeah. it was just electric. It was Donovan McNabb. It was kind of when the Eagles rained down on the NFC East. Um, and we just eviscerated Donovan point. McNabb. Yeah. He was just like, you had to scrape him off the field at the end.
1: I mean, I just remember him with from the Super uh, the first Super Bowl, him with Strahan, when it was like I mean obviously <clears throat> not I guess kind of as significant not uh, not as significant because I don't know if OC even though I don't know if he'll ever be a Hall of Famer but it's like LT was on like kind of coming towards the end of his career and uh, when Strahan came along and then when Strahan was getting older OC kind of came along and was you know kind of passing the torch of who the guy was and when they won that Super Bowl I mean obviously Strahan's a Hall of Famer but that's his last year like he wasn't the Strahan that you know that right. made him the Hall of Famer like OC was the one who really set the tone on that deep yeah that defensive edge
0: and that's a good point because remember when Strahan retired and then OC got hurt that next year everyone was calling for Strahan to come back mm-hmm. uh, to replace him and he was thinking about coming out of retirement but you know, he he saw that, or we were all comfortable with him taking over for Strahan because he was that productive. Um, another moment that I, I forgot to mention in my notes, but I'll always remember, was uh Week Seventeen, Two Thousand Seven, Patriots Giants. Uh, there's a there's a clip. OC just sacked Brady, and he's coming back to the line of scrimmage. Brady's trying to, you know get the play and, and get people situated and he's just in a stare down with OC and Brady nods to him OC nods back I thought that was really cool Brady saying you know you got the best of me on that one but let's 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 go at it now so gotta love that Brady's a competitor gotta love about love that about him but OC just staring him right back down saying, so, you know, I am going want to take it down again so just getting that respect and that's what he that's what he did for the Giants he legitimized them more got them respect that year when they started 0-2 no one believed in them And you know he was part of that huge comeback so
1: no one OC ever believed
0: in that team. Time. What great is that? Giant.
1: No one believed in that team, like the whole ever, like the whole entire. Right. He, st- I mean, no, they. Got, they oh,
0: go ahead. I was just saying, OC played a huge part legitimizing everything on that team. So, great giant, great football player. Most importantly, great, great uh person from England. So now we know, great <laughs> Brit. So,
2: top of the morning. Yeah. I, wait, I'm so happy you brought up that moment, Ryan, because that Brady to OC nod was such a. Uh, it's in the Super Bowl video that they made, and it yeah, was that's like right when notes. they say, "like." And the Giants earned the Patriots' respect that day, and it was kind of Brady being like, "All right, you guys are legit." Great moment.
0: Yeah, it didn't stop Brady from talking shit before the Super Bowl, but we all know that it ended up so foolishly yeah. talking shit. All right, well, I think that'll do it for this episode of Giants on the Clock. Tune in next week as well. Hopefully, have some more news on DeAndre Baker, and hopefully, it is a uh, this is all a joke and it doesn't mean anything. And DeAndre Baker was just joking, and then we're all good in our secondary set. But till then, see you next week. Hip hip, cheerio.